So I only know what things are like inside my head. Uh, I don't know what things are like inside your head, so I can only speak about my experience of my head. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure how often you do something like this. This is something I do on a regular basis. But uh, people reading, you know, you're kind of sitting there at a bus stop and you, you kind of do a quick scan and uh, you're making an estimated guess about how a person is. Do you ever do that? Women do it with fashion. Come on, you know you do. You know you do. You do. All right, if the things don't match or if, if the things aren't, I don't know, quality enough, cheap shoes or something like that, you, 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 know, you know you see it. And there's a little judgment there, right? Or like, you know, when you see a person wearing a suit, uh, but they've got like a cheap Casio watch, you go, okay, yeah, that, that's, they don't regularly wear a suit. They only put on a suit today. That's uh, okay. You know, and, and so this kind of thing, it's, 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 that's not necessarily a bad thing. It shouldn't lead to kind of judgments and criticism, but like, we're just observant. You know, you see things, you see things. What's great, though, is uh, on occasion when your reading of someone is completely wrong. You know, it's, it's great to be surprised. It's great to be surprised by people on occasion. When you see someone and they give you the impression that they are cold, they give the impression that they're, you know, I have some biker friends, for example. Do you know what I mean? So they come in and they've got their like, shaved heads and their beards and their Metallica t-shirts. They kind of walk like that with a couple of chains jingling. And they go, oh, punny cat. Look at little punny cat. <laughs> you know? and they want to give this impression that they're all kind of hard and tough. But deep down, they're just like marshmallows with beards. You know what I mean? They're just like, they're soft out, really soft. And often actually, you know, you'd often notice with bikers and things like that, uh, they have a lot of charity runs and fundraisers for cancer or um, cancer research or Crumlin Hospital or something like that, and all these bikers will turn up. Why should they even care if all they want is beer and fighting? Well, they don't, you see. Deep down, they actually, they're actually, there's actually an awful lot of good people in there. So it's funny how you can, you can look at someone and, 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 and completely, completely misjudge what's going on in here. And sometimes as well, people are capable of, of much greater depth than we would ever have thought possible. Uh, my little niece, the other day, she was just uh, talking to, to my sister-in-law. And uh, so her name is Fanula, and she's arranging to have her first Holy Communion here next year. So um, herself and my brother were just talking about uh, the first Holy Communion, how we'd have to, they're living in England, so they'd have to come over here and so on and so forth. So just, just arranging things. And um, my sister-in-law, Alex, looks over at Fanula, and there's Fanula sitting there. What, what, how old is she? I don't know. I should know this. Six? Six? Seven? How do ye know? <laughs> seven? Good. Seven in her round. Uh, and um, she's sitting there with tears in her eyes. All right? So Alex is over and says, are you okay? And then Fanula just responds to her, I don't think I should be getting Holy Communion because I'm not good enough. She, I said, I'm not good enough to have God in me yet. I still have so much to do to make God happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, and my, my sister-in-law just, <gasps> just like choked with, with, with emotion at seeing this seven-year-old capable of such depth. Depth, like this real understanding of this is God in the Holy Eucharist. And I'm not worthy. And then my sister-in-law very wisely responded, well, to be honest, Fiona, I think that makes you more ready to receive Holy Communion. The fact that you believe that you're not worthy, the fact that you believe that you have more to do and change inside you, that's actually a really good sign. 
that you're actually ready because it means you appreciate what this gift is. So, it's, as I say, it's, it's, it's wonderful just to, 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 that we're constantly learning that when it comes to people, what you see isn't what you get. What you see isn't what you get. There's so much more going on in people than you can ever know or imagine. And people who look like they have it together might be completely falling apart on the inside. And people who look rough and cold and distant may be the most warm, loving, caring, giving people in here. So when it comes to, to, to God, what I, just someone said something to me today which uh, uh, just set off a, 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 a thought. The idea of being surprised by God. To be surprised by him. Because I think it can happen that when it comes to our prayer lives, when it comes to our walk with the Lord, we kind of think we kind of think this journey is somewhat predictable, I think, overall. You know, you go to Mass, and you receive Holy Communion, then you go home, and you get on to your day, then the following week, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, go home, get on to following with the day, and that's kind of it. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no major hoo-ha. There's no major change. There's no major conversion. There's nothing major going on at all. You just kind of, you do the thing, you get the thing, you go home and do more things. And it's like, there's nothing, dramatic, well, dramatic might, might be a good word. There's nothing even maybe supernatural going on here at all. We just get used to it. And we stop being surprised by God. So this is a healing retreat that we're on at the moment. And in, in this book, Be Healed by Bob Schutz, uh, towards the end of the book, he asks, asks a couple of questions which surprised me, since we're on the theme of being surprised. At the end of the book, he starts asking questions like, how did God work in your life? So after you were prayed with, what did God do for you? And I just thought, I don't know if we can phrase it that way. Maybe we Irish, maybe we're just a little more kind of cagey. You know what I mean? So you were prayed with, did God do anything for you? Uh, did God intervene in your life in any way? Maybe it's better we phrase it that way. And it just, it just struck me how, no, no, no. We should be expecting God to do things. We should be constantly surprised by what God does in our lives. By all of these amazing ways that he directs circumstances or people or us to accomplish his will. There are amazing things happening around us all the time. All the time. And we should be constantly surprised by God. Constantly surprised by how he works. Constantly surprised by his goodness and his generosity and his love. Constantly surprised that despite our inability, despite kind of like being like Fanula, our unworthiness, our, our, our sense of unworthiness, that we remain in his gaze and held in his hand. And we should be constantly surprised by it. But we should, we should lo- just to be so excited to be on this journey with him. As opposed to what we said earlier, you know, just kind of, just kind of turning up and just getting a bit of Holy Communion, just getting on with life. and There you go, and there's nothing happening. There's nothing changing. There's nothing growing. There's no relationship blossoming or there's no conversion. There's no growth. So what a gift it would be to rediscover this, this surprising relationship with God, that he's a God of surprises. A God of, of incredible imagination. 
a God who has so many beautiful things in store for us if we would just either wait for them or just let him work. Just open our hearts to everything that he offers and just let go of the things that, that, are, that are dragging us down and, and just let him be God. That's something I'm praying for for myself as well. I want to be surprised by him. So that when we have our, our prayer sessions today and there'll be two, priests, two other priests coming in for confession as well. So we'll have, there's going to be just a fairly substantial avalanche of grace coming your way today, just so you know. Um, so obviously we start at the high point with Holy Communion. But then if there are other things that need to be cleared out of the way, we've got confession. And then we have individual prayer ministry after we do... Uh, a fairly decent examination of conscience and, and recognizing it also then where, where exactly we want the Lord to work or where are the areas of our hearts that we haven't let him into before. And then we can do all this and, and allow ourselves to be surprised by what he's going to do. In a way, we shouldn't be surprised. In a way, it should be like, like turning up for breakfast and you know, mom has, as always, an amazing breakfast just with the whole lot and... Um, beans and hash browns and sausages, dennies and rashers and, and you know, everything just, just as you like it. And it's fantastic, but we're so used to her doing it. We shouldn't be maybe surprised by it. Maybe but we shouldn't be expecting it either. How, how do you phrase this? We shouldn't be presumptuous, uh, but we should still be excited by breakfast. <laughs> but we shouldn't, shouldn't be presumptuous by what, what, by what God is going to do, but we should be like... I think, I think pleasantly surprised, I think pleasantly amazed at all that he's going to do. And to do so with confidence, because as we said yesterday, when it comes to prayer ministry, we shouldn't limit prayer ministry only to physical healing. When it comes to, to healing ministry in general, we shouldn't listen, limit it only to physical healing. That's part of healing ministry, but I would argue it's not even the most important part of healing ministry. Uh, the most important part of any healing is internal, because when your heart is in the right place, when your soul is at peace, regardless of the state of your body, you're happy. Whereas a healthy body with a broken heart, it doesn't matter how healthy your body is. It just, just doesn't matter. It's in, you're indifferent to it because you're broken in here. You get the heart right. Get the heart right and everything else will fall into place. So let us be open to what the Lord wants to do in us today. Let us be surprised by what he is going to do. Because as we said yesterday, well, nobody goes home empty-handed. When it comes to these kind of retreats and these kind of healing sessions, nobody goes home empty-handed. Everybody will receive something. Now what that is, that's up, that's up to, to, to you and you will see uh, what the Lord provides for you because what you need isn't what I need and vice versa. We're at different stages dealing with different things. But what you, the Lord will give you something. The Lord will direct you. The Lord will show you the next step in your healing. Or may, may, may even be able to complete that healing. Who knows? But nobody goes home empty-handed. So I should be, you should be pretty excited. You should, you should be like a child on the 23rd of December in Arnott's queuing up to see Santi, right? No one goes home empty-handed. So let us live this day with excitement. Let us live this day with expectation. Let us live this day with open hands, ready to receive everything that our Lord, that our Father is offering us. Amen. Amen.